Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Meet Me Outside podcast. As always, my name is Rob Hand. I'm the co-founder of Meet Me Outside, the app that is connecting people through activity. Also the host here for the podcast, where typically I'll interview couples or singles about their dating life or their relationships and how that active lifestyle influences their relationships. Today's a little bit different, uh, and we're going to have a bunch of these interviews as well that are going to be similar to this one, where I interview specialists on the topics uh, that we're focusing on. Today, we're focusing on exercise and how that influences the mind-body connection, uh, and specifically not just exercise, but movement in general, moving our bodies, how that influences our minds, how that influences us socially as social creatures out there. And uh, today's guest is Dr. John Rady. He's a Harvard professor uh, in psychiatry, he's a practicing psychiatrist. He's one of the world's leading specialists and experts on the science of exercise and has written a number of books on the topic. His two most recent that we talk about are Spark, where he focuses again on that mind-body connection, uh, but mostly on the influence of exercise and learning, uh, and as well as his uh, most recent book after that is called Go Wild, uh, where he talks more about the influence of human civilization and how we've evolved to get to where we are today and how we really need that movement. We need nature in our lives to uh, bring us back to our roots and keep us invigorated and excited for the next day, keep us connected with the people around us, uh, and create a, a happier life and a happier existence for people and humanity in general. So. That's the big overarching themes that we'll talk about in this interview. I'm going to keep this short and sweet so you guys can dive into the interview. Uh, but if you want to find out more about Dr. John Rady, you can go to his website, and that's johnrady.com. And you can find out uh, more about his books. You can find all his books uh, on Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books. Um, and I've read both of those books, looking to read more of his works. He's about eight or nine books out there, I believe. So super interesting guy, super interesting conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this one with Dr. John Rady. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Meet Me Outside podcast. Today we have a special guest and a little bit of a change from the interviews of couples and singles on their dating and relationships. We have Dr. Rady, and he's a Harvard professor in psychiatry. He's a practicing psychiatrist and one of the world's leading experts on the science of exercise and has written a number of books on the topic, including his two most recent books, best-selling books as well, Spark, The Revolutionary, New Science of Exercise in the Brain, and Go Wild, Free Your Mind and Body from the Afflictions of Civilization. Dr. Rady, thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm good today. It's a day after the Patriots' amazing victory, so it's, it's a good time in Boston. I'll tell you that. Yes, absolutely. Tom Brady did it again, and Belichick, it's... It is a great time. Great day today. <laughs> so I wanted to start this off uh, by talking about your work and the science and research behind everything that may seem maybe unrelated to dating and relationships that we often talk about at first. But in the second half, you uh, ask you some of those specific questions on dating relationships and hopefully tying it all together there. But um, your first book or not your first book, but the, the book I want to start off with is Spark. Uh, was all about the powerful connection between mind and body, and that ultimately the reason why we have the brain that we have is is to move. And so if we want to improve our cognitive abilities, which we all should want to have, we need movement in our lives. Uh, can you explain a little bit about how or why our brains have evolved to require that movement? Well, <clears throat> it's uh, it, it, the, the correct way of thinking about it is that our brains evolved to make us the best movers so that we could be 
and were uh, evolutionary victors. Uh, we were uh, our brains grew over the time that we were hunter gatherers, about six million years, um, and uh, our big brains grew to help us plan, predict, anticipate, uh, evaluate, remember. Uh, change our plans if needed, evaluate all the things that we do in life now that are part of cognition, we think, of our thinking. Mm -hmm. and, and this then uh, allowed, allowed us to become the best movers in the universe, and this allowed us then to eventually use those same brain cells that we added on over, time, over a period of time to make our bigger brains, we use those same movement brain cells to help us uh, think and relate better to one another. And you talk about the these the frame of mind that if you if you don't use it, you lose it. And one of the great examples that you spoke about was the C squirt. Can you tell us a little bit about that example and and what that means to using it or losing it? Yeah, no, that that's a it's a wonderful uh, natural example of that. It, it's a little uh, it's a it's a knock uh, or it, it's the way uh, ascidian coral uh, propagates, grows bigger, or uh, you know uh, grows its offspring, and it drops off a little bit of a, a thing that eventually is called a sea squirt that has in it a uh, small brain uh, and a spinal cord, the nerve-carrying nerve uh, cells. The sea squirt then swims around for up to a day or half a day uh, until it mm -hmm. latches on to a rock or another piece of coral and then it sort of begins to sit there and eventually loses its nerve cells so that it's it it's tied up with using our brains to guide our movements and this is the way we think about it today um if we're not using our 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 brains or our muscles or our bones then they're going to go away um the the meaning that, that we're going to reabsorb them or erode them and that's what happens uh, as we age with our muscles and with our brains. And that's one thing that we try to prevent. Uh, but it uh, also uh, hits on the point that it's not just about eroding, but we can make our brains grow. And we do make our brains grow just like the muscles. If we're using it, uh, if we're stimulating our brain cells, uh, they're going to remain healthy and grow and prosper. Yeah, and, and touching on that, that stimulation and using exercise to stimulate our brains, uh, you, you talked a lot about the high school in Naperville, Illinois. And um, can you talk uh, take us through that story at Naperville and what happened there and the research that has emerged out of their high school? Sure. There, this is a, it's not just a high school, but it's a whole, now a whole, uh, uh, school district um, that has 19,000 kids in it, and it, I came to know about it in 2003 because they were 
on the front line um, the, uh, because we were beginning to worry about the obesity crisis. And this 19,000 school district was studied this one year, and they found that only 3% of them, their kids were overweight. And that one kid in their two big high schools were, were obese. Uh, and this was definitely different than the rest of the world, the rest mm. of the U.S. especially, the, where the average was 33% overweight and now 37% overweight. Now, what, what, this, what they also found <clears throat> was that the uh, school had uh, changed their PE program uh, some 20 years before and evolved this amazing program where uh, all the kids were moving for 45 minutes a day uh, and, and all doing uh, uh, different kinds of exercise, and, uh, but basically looking to produce a, a fitter student. They were focused on fitness uh, as opposed to sports mm -hmm. and, and all that, although they really provided a lot of uh, ready athletes to the team uh, that was after school activity. And, um, and, and what really got me so hyped up about it and what gets people interested all over the world is that not only were they fit, but they were very, very smart. They had 99% of their kids had taken a, the, the TIMS test, the uh, test taken every three years by all countries, uh, and the TIMS is the science and math test um, that we rank all countries in the world. And they, they took it as a country, uh, and they came in number one in the world in science and number six in math which, you know, it talked to me about in the sense of, oh, they were, they were fit, they were using their brains, they were stimulating their brains, and they led to them being really uh, managing their weight very well and, and their overall fitness, but also their smarts. And so this led to, um, was the first chapter in my book, because it, it was so compelling. Um, and it, it really remains that way today. They're among the best schools in, in Illinois and, uh, uh, and, and still have a, a very uh, focused uh, PE program where they have PE every day for 40 minutes. Uh, and it uh, is a, a model for the world. And after, after Spark, you followed it up with your book, Go Wild, which examines how we can tap into our core DNA to combat modern diseases and psychological afflictions from diabetes and heart disease to autism and depression. And, and just to point out for the audience, you, you call them afflictions of civilization and not maybe uh, more commonly referred to as diseases of civilization, because these are not flaws of our bodies, but rather self-inflicted damages brought on by the way that we live. Um, can you tell us what, what brought you to write that book and what does going wild mean? Well, going wild does not mean going on to Fort Lauderdale in uh, spring break necessarily. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, what, what led to this was sort of examining the hunter-gatherer time 
because uh, a very important point is we develop these hunter-gatherer genes over that 8 million year period of time, but it's only been 10,000 years since we're not hunter-gatherers, and so our genes have not changed all that much. So the, the idea was to look at what our genes, our basic core uh, prescription was and, and how we're following that. So that led to looking at exercise, sleep, diet, being outside in nature, being mindful, and connecting. And I think that's a big part of your agenda in your podcast to help people get connected uh, and stay connected and using exercise as perhaps a vehicle to get moving together. And and uh, I love the opportunity to come on your show because uh, there's such an inner interface with movement and all of our higher uh, intellectual functions and, and, and also in our bonding functions. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I that wasn't as emphasized in Spark, but more so in Go Wild, is that when we move, we not only are making all these great things to keep our brains functioning at the highest level and keeping it growing and making our cognition uh, the highest and making our moods uh, regulated so that we can be as positive as possible, but it also increases our level of oxytocin, which is the love and bonding hormone. And uh, when I talk about this in uh, boys' prep schools, for instance, uh, they all get very curious and all get very interested uh, because (laughs) when you have oxytocin floating around in your system, not only are you more loving and more uh, interested in bonding, but you're also more attractive. You send off signals to the opposite sex or the same sex, depending. Uh, that you're uh, available and that you're a pretty good catch. So that uh, in, in two ways that we know of that, that uh, oxytocin works to uh, make you more ready to uh, partner up and also makes you more uh, desirable. I think I mentioned when I emailed you and reached out that I I saw you in one of Reebok's campaigns about being more human. And obviously, um, Reebok is one of the sponsors for things like Spartan Race, as well as CrossFit. And I think you said in the video something to the effect that oxytocin and exercise is the one secret potion that we have to to create connectability. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And you talk a lot about tribes and uh the power of small groups and you see it a lot of the times in these these group settings these group fitness settings like crossfit or like the camaraderie that comes on the course of a spartan race um when people just rely on one another to push through and get to this this other side of a mountain or the the other side of this activity that they're they're forcing themselves to get through you know what what is it about fitness and especially group fitness that makes it as this social magnet for people and brings them together you know much like the oxytocin is there something uh evolutionary that 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 fuels that um that camaraderie oh yeah i mean the the, the whole issue of tribes 
and the stickiness of of uh, of us to be in a tribe when we're in, in with the group of people and we're striving for the same goal. Uh, that is a reflection back on our hunter-gatherer past. We didn't. You weren't a very good hunter-gatherer if you were alone. Uh, mm. In fact, you'd probably be dead soon. But tribes were necessary to keep us going, um, to to help us grow and be uh, uh, connected to one another. And this is uh, one of the uh, both uh, as a result of of uh, working together with a group like CrossFit, like Spartan Race, like any team, like Zumba. Uh, people become really connected to the people that they're exercising with because they appreciate them. They feel responsible to show up. Um, you know, I mean, we, I saw this many, many years ago when, when spinning just started to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. This was a long time ago, and spinning became very popular uh, and was beginning to just go with it. And many of my patients who uh, were spinning at the time and were talking, uh, told me about how the group was really, really tight. And they'd go out afterwards and have a beer or have dinner or get together. Uh, and it led to the fostering of, of uh, relationships and that they were very exclusive after a while. They didn't want other people to enter the group. Everybody had their own bike on their certain night. Uh, and it was hard to push your way in uh, because there weren't as many spinning groups as there are today. So it uh, it was at, at the very beginning of, of uh, the spinning activity. So, um, but it it showed the the power of exercising together. You know, when you're doing that, you're cheering each other on. You're rooting for each other, much less like the. The Patriots were willing each other to play so much better yesterday at the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, and it it there's there's power in that, there's power in that, in this case the brotherhood or the sisterhood, uh, or the elderhood, uh, in uh, the, like Zumba classes or Zumba Gold, uh, where people encourage each other, help each other, and uh, generally reach out to each other. And you, you say in the in the book, uh, I think it's in Go Wild, that our crowning achievement and what makes us most human is is our unprecedented ability to, to get along with one another, mostly because we had to. And, and now we're starting to see that that we do get along with each other when we have that common goal in mind. Um, but in, in this in this modern age today, you know, where there's so many distractions uh, and you talk a lot about attention deficit, but also the, the fact that we all have some level of attention deficit uh, with our phones and everything like that um, from different screens, emails, traffic, information's always flowing. Uh, and there's very little nature involved in our day to day life. We're very sedentary. We're very much from building the building. Um, what what kind of effects does that have on the human psyche and our biology when we're when we're excluded from nature or we're not in nature as often? Right, and I mean I talk about it in a chapter in our book, Go Wild, it, uh, because we as as hunter gatherers grew up 
in nature. We were outside all the time. And we evolved in that setting over those 8 million years, but really over a couple million years, um, that we were traveling around place to place and we weren't didn't have uh, much staying at the same place. Now, uh, we developed in, in, in our genes the need for nature uh, and that nature has a very powerful effect on our bodies and our brains. It has a powerful effect on our immune system. It redu- when we're in nature, we reduce our, our uh, inflammation responses that are in our bodies and in our brains, uh, as well as it makes our mood better, it makes the healing better, it makes the overall, uh, we're much more in a state of equilibrium, uh, and there are many, many studies uh, showing that this is really an important factor. Uh, The Japanese have uh, something they call forest bathing, where they people take vacations in the forest to bathe in the forest to actually be meaning it's not necessarily washing in the forest but taking the the nature in because this is so reparative and there's lots of studies showing that reduces physical problems uh, cardiac problems blood pressure stress measures of all sorts but also makes you more likely to bond with other people as well as make you more likable uh, so that you're more ready to partner up and and other people want to partner with you. So I think that's uh, something that we're, especially in our inside age, that we're aware of and it's a big problem until we get enough fancy wearables that we'll be able to be moving outside like Pokemon Go. (laughs) That was amazing uh, to see these kids and tribes running around getting their Pokemon, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they were outside uh, and they were moving. And uh, I love this one story of a father who said, yeah, my son, I got a Fitbit and then he got Pokemon and he was saying he came to me and he said, Dad, you said I had to walk 10,000 steps, but I was out chasing Pokemon figures and I walked 30,000 <laughs> steps. Is that all right? You know, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, you know, quite stunning. But it, it's really what um, what we need to do. We need to be outside, be in there. And that's what all this, why you're seeing the Spartan races and even many CrossFit Crossfitters are outside activities. Uh, they're moving, and not just that, but uh, all these boot camps that are outside, and um, and and spas that are developed now that are really a lot of them uh, are action spas. I mean, you're, that's not the old idea of the spa where you you go in and you're just taken care of uh, and you're given massages and all that. You can get that, but the spas that that are getting very popular spas where it's a you know all day activity and usually outside if it, if the weather holds it so, mm-hmm. um yeah 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 <laughs> that's really cool and 
with these interviews, I'm trying to uncover maybe a secret potion or something for a first date experience or what makes for a good first date and what makes for a good initial interaction with somebody. Uh, and if, they, if maybe if you have any studies that point in the direction that being active with someone opposed to maybe sitting down face to face interview style at a bar, restaurant, coffee shop, that being active together, being out in nature, that kind of thing would would reduce something maybe like social anxiety and make somebody more comfortable to just be themselves on a first date. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, there are a lot of examples. Uh, you know, when you're moving, you're raising your uh, your neurotransmitters that help you be more relaxed, be more motivated, be less anxious, be less stressed. Uh, be less worried in general. So when you're moving, you're naturally taking a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Adderall you're, mm-hmm. because that's what happens in the brain when we're up and about. Um, so that that then can help you be less anxious and, and, and if you have a social anxiety. And, and, and uh, uh, a stirring example of this is a, is a startup group from Silicon Valley that I'm working with uh, that are attempting to get seniors out of their cocoons. Uh, these are people that are older and uh, living alone and, and pulling away and on their devices 24-7 kind of, kind of thing. And so what they have discovered is that it takes a number of times of them exercising, first walking or biking or swimming with a group uh, for two or three uh, evenings. And uh, before they even attempt to get them to do team building or social interaction, but this, by, by pairing the two, by pairing the exercise and uh, the social interaction, uh, but first starting off with the exercise, this helps people relate to one another in a much better way, much more powerful way, much more likely that they're going to want to uh, see the, the purpose and meaning and, and fun and uh, in getting together. And so the same thing would apply uh, with somebody on a first date, if you're going to go hiking or um, moving in some way um, and, and outside would be best uh, skiing or biking or you know uh, paddle boarding or whatever is, you know is a, is a good way to meet people or to, to have a great time uh, this will encourage your you and your day to really evaluate each other in a, in a very positive light. And, and the other thing that we're trying to do is, is to, to fuel this throughout all of couples and are you know, happy and healthy and they're creating families. They may also have children that follow in their footsteps and are active, they're curious and successful in their own right. Uh, but a lot of these relationships and, and marriages and come with these undoubtedly come with hardships. How, how do you think that exercise and regular exposure to nature or maybe some physical activity for the couple, how does that prepare them for uh, these unexpected but 
um, definitely expected down the road in some fashion um, hardships in a relationship. How can they prepare for that with exercising together? Well, okay. I mean, it, it's it's because they know that's a tool that they share. Okay, that they know they're ready, uh, just like the students at Naperville or the Patriots who laid, you know, they 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 lay claim to the fact that they were running uphill together the day before uh, the, their uh, the Super Bowl. That they didn't stop, and but it was together. They were running. Um, and so they were ready so they could count on each other, not to, not to give up, not to, uh, you know, wilt. And the same way with the a couple, you know, they, the people that, uh, are, are used to being with each other. My wife and I do a lot of boot camps or do this spa Rancho La Porta in, in, right, right across the border in Mexico. That's really a, a workout spa. Start at 6:30 in the morning and hike to the top of the hill, top top of the mountain for a two or three or five mile hike, and then spend all day in different activities. So we do it together, and it's really bonding. Uh, and we come back even more in shape. Uh, but uh, it has really been a, a, a tonic for our relationship and. As well as doing boot camps here, there, everywhere uh, that we we share together, uh, and we like we like that kind of uh, class class participation. And the best is, of course, outside uh, when we can be outside doing things together. That's great. That's great. And so I know we're running into uh, some time restrictions, so I'll just leave you with one last uh, question uh, for you to, to kind of ask all of our users and to get them motivated to do something uh, with all the information and everything that you're sharing. Uh, what's what's something, what's one takeaway for our listeners to go wild and that they can implement maybe into their own dating life? Right. And, and go wild, by the way, is, is, is I'd never really said what that is, it really means to get back to our undergatherer roots so that, and, and, and think about it when you are going for a date, if you're moving outside together, whatever the goal is, even for a walk or for a jog or for a hike up uh, wherever, to, it really promotes the idea that you're, you're going to see each other in the best way possible and see what it's like being together with each other. So it, it uh, gives one a chance to really uh, evaluate and see how each other is in uh, the possibilities in, in a relationship together. Thank you so much, Dr. Rady. I really appreciate you hopping on today. This was awesome. I, this was, uh, I think our guests are going to take a lot of our, our listeners are going to take a lot out of this conversation, so I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, I, I would also recommend that they get the book Spark uh, <laughs> because it contains a lot of information that, that will uh, prime them for making their lives better. It's not exercise isn't just about making your body great and uh, losing weight or being trim, but uh, it really makes it's, – it, it creates – the best kinds of tonics for your brain. And that's what Spark's about, how exercise makes our brain best.
Yes. Yes, absolutely. The two great books. I, I loved both those books. Uh, and I thank you. Thank you again so much for being on. This, was, this has been great. Okay, good luck to you. Bye now. Thank you. That's it, guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode. That was Dr. John Rady, and you can find all of his work, his books, his TED Talks, all on his website, johnrady.com. And you can find uh, direct links to all his books, so you can purchase them there on his website. You can look on our show notes as well. I'll link to everything that we mentioned. I'll also link to everything on our website, mmoutside.com. And we're asking all of our listeners and users to help us out again to go to Meet Me Outside podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll help us jump up on the ratings charts and uh, more people could find out about what we're trying to do here. So we appreciate you guys listening again and stay tuned for more on the next one. But for now, I will see you outside. Sit around. Sit around.